Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies, and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest. She's also known as Wonder Woman in uh, the Profit First Professionals community. I'd like to introduce Casey Anton, the founder and CEO of Spark Business Consulting. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Thank you. And Danielle, you are the best. So thank you. That was an amazing introduction. I like to be known as a Wonder Woman. And I'm sure this name is, you know, kind of like Casey Anton. I think I've heard that name. Yes, you probably read that name most recently, or if you listen to the Audible, but um, Casey is featured in Get Different, Mike's latest book that came out in September, mm-hmm. where she shared um, some really cool strategies. So check out the book. We won't give it away, will we, today, Casey? We will not. It is a really fun book, as most uh, Mike's books are fun books, but that was a fun read, and I loved telling those stories from my restaurant days. So yeah, it's great. It's a great read. Awesome. All right, so we were having a lovely dinner uh, at ProfitCon, and Mm -hmm. we were talking about, you know, what kind of stymies some people who have the best of intention of wanting to implement Profit First, but they tend to get in their own way. And you have a list of six that we are going to walk through. Mm -hmm. So these are pitfalls. These are obstacles to avoid. This is things that you should not let get in your way when you are implementing profit first. So let's start with number one. Sure. Yes. And I mean, we're going to talk about six today, but that's just because that was the first six I could rattle off. I mean, there are there are so many different things that we could talk about that we find that entrepreneurs they did get in their way, just like you said. So um, the first one that comes to mind, which, you know, would probably be a good way to wrap up the list, but it's the first thing that comes to mind is that so many entrepreneurs overcomplicate things <laughs> and, th- and it gets them in the weeds. And when you're in the weeds in general, whether you're, you know, bartending or waiting tables or you're just running your business or you're just over, whatever it is, it's never a good thing. It's a, or rarely ever a good thing. I can't think of an occasion it would be good, but when you're in the weeds, when it comes to understanding your financials and how the money moves through your business, then you know you're in real trouble. So I would say, number one, with it being overcomplicating things, what happens is, what I like to say, the bottom line is when I'm talking to a a new client or a potential client is just, hey, if you've got more money going out, 
than you have coming in, there's a problem. And we can find it. We And maybe we can fix it. Hopefully we can fix it. Usually we can fix it. But that is a problem. But the bigger problem is the fact that the entrepreneur may not understand or really know that they have more money going out or more money coming in. That's the problem. And that is one of the key things that implementing Profit First fixes right away. That's an excellent point. And I think, you know, just a couple of bullet points to that is number one, if you are looking at your financials as an accrual basis, mm-hmm. that could be giving you a distorted view of the cash in your business. And again, that kind of like messes you up with Profit First because Profit First is a cash management system. So you need to look at things from a cash basis. And I think also too, that overcomplicating things, when people go to do the instant assessment, they think it just has to be like so perfect. And Mm -hmm. it's really just like a good sort of broad brush analysis that you do. Uh, You're only dividing things up into a couple of categories So don't get too caught up. I think people get a little caught up, maybe um, extra caught up, let's just say, with the tax account and the whole concept of, you know, having money set aside and allocated to your tax account. So the business pays your taxes. Don't get so hung up on on that one um, because most likely you're not (laughs) allocating nearly enough to taxes to begin with. So um, you're probably pretty good there because- You're going to just do your initial assessment, and then you are going to create your rollout plan and just move those percentages up and down. And so you won't mess yourself up too much at all if you just keep it real simple and if it's money that you've taken out for the business to pay taxes or as an owner's distribution, yeah. just use that number. Don't worry about getting in the weeds about payroll taxes. Um, You can just kind of keep that in owner's comp. What do you think? I hundred percent. And that's exactly the way I do it. Because when you, again, when you overcomplicate anything, you know, smoke starts to come out your ears and your head's going to pop off. So yeah, I just leave it in our owner's pay taxes. It all, it'll all work itself out in the end anyway. So I always ask or tell my clients, just don't get hung up on that number. We're going to watch it as we go anyway. And you're, you know, more is more when it comes to that. Anyway, you want to be covered if you have too much and that goes right back to the, to profit anyway. So it all works out. Yeah, because those three servings of profit, owners, pay, and tax, they're three servings to the mm-hmm. owner. We're just yep. labeling them three different things. Right. All right. What's number two on the list? So we're going to lead right into number two. Something you just mentioned, you know, understanding cash versus accrual, That's uh, it's kind of high level, but it is important. It's a simple enough thing that I, I want to get um, our, our clients or entrepreneurs in general to understand the difference um, because just like you had said, that's what can throw them off when they don't understand how much money is really moving through their business, how much they're keeping, how much is going. So number two is, is they need to really understand what AR, accounts receivable, AP, accounts payable, and what liabilities are and what they really mean in terms of cash flow through their business. And I think the problem with why so many don't really understand the cash implications around AR, AP, and liabilities is because those aren't things they see on their bank statement. So they don't think about them. So getting them to really understand that, yes, your, your profit and loss is going to tell you one story, and hopefully it's a real good story, a strong story, but there's another story happening over on your balance sheet if you have accounts payable, accounts receivable, and debt. So getting everyone on the same page with how those two reports, those extremely crucial imports, work together and understanding the, the cash that moves through both of them 
that's really key. So one thing that we do when we work with our clients is, you know, we'll do a, a separate custom profit and loss. So we'll use QuickBooks and we'll and we'll complete their numbers and we'll spit that profit and loss over into uh, usually an Excel. And then at the bottom, we're going to put in debt payments. We're going to put in owner's draws or distributions. We're going to put in the activity, the cash activity that's happening in the balance sheet that they don't see on the P&L. So then they can truly understand the cash that's leaving. And that's usually the culprit. That's where we find, oh, so that's why this is telling me that I, I'm profitable, yet I have no money in the bank. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So just getting them the visual of seeing what's going on there, I find is key. But you don't find that from your average bookkeeper or accountant. That's why you're Wonder Woman, because <laughs> you're, uh, you know, I mean, you're able to, you're, you're able to uh, see things in a different way. That is the way that the entrepreneur and the business owner needs to see it. So exactly that. Um, and and you're able to explain it. So this is why working with a profit-first professional is so valuable because clearly you and I know uh, the rest of your team have the heart of being a teacher and mm-hmm. really helping your clients understand their cash positions um, in their business and their true whole financial picture. Yeah, exactly. And and. You know, I hesitate to say teacher, although you're right. I mean, coach, whatever it is. I hesitate to say those things um, only because I, you know, I hate to say like, oh, you know, we're the expert over your business. Because of course we're not. They're the expert on their business. It's it's definitely more about creating that visual to really see how that money is moving. Something as simple as that, I think, for your, especially a creative entrepreneur, and most of them are, you know, are creative. Just that simple visual, usually something will click in their head and they'll say, okay, now I get what's happening. And I love that aha moment because that's when things really start to change. That's exactly it. When you can see it, then Mm -hmm. it's real. (laughs) All right, number three, what is it? So number three, and I wrote this down today, I just wrote, stop being obsessed with tax evasion, which of course is an oversimplification of what I'm trying to say. But uh, there is that still that old, old school mentality. And maybe it's not even that old. Of And, and Mike Michalowicz in the book, Profit First, and certainly on the audiobook, he mentions it a lot, is this obsession with, with paying or rather not paying taxes is, is equivalent to, let me spend $10 so I can save three. It really makes no sense. Um, you're usually shooting yourself in your foot when you become super obsessed with not paying taxes. It's that type of mentality. And I thank God, I will say, I feel super grateful that, um, I mean, I've been in business for 15 years. So now um, I don't really have too many clients that are of that um, incredible mindset where they just are 100% about not paying taxes. Because now Thank God we have people that are a little bit more, um, you know, understand it more. We're Americans for the most part. You know, we live in America. There are taxes. And really, the bottom line is you kind of want to pay them. You don't want to pay a lot. I mean, but you want to pay them because that means you're doing something right. You're doing well and you're certainly contributing to your country. But I just just getting rid of that because there's still those stragglers. I found out those those entrepreneurs out there who are just saying no matter what, I don't want to pay a diamond tax at the end of the year. And that to me is just crazy. And normally that'll lead, you know, could lead to criminal activity. So it's just not so. And it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, taxes, if they're factored in to every dollar that's coming in your business and you're putting aside that tax allocation, that right amount, and again, it doesn't have to be extravagant. It just has to be that right amount. Thing, wonderful things can happen. 
So that's a big one, is to understanding that taxes are a reality. They're a reality if you're profitable, and you should want to be profitable because better things will happen than worrying about, I just want to be in the red because I don't want to have to pay taxes. Because then, Danielle, we know what happens then. Next year, they want to buy a piece of property. They want to buy an asset of some kind. Well, now they need to show their financials. Oops, they don't look too good because it looks like you lost money hand over fist when you really didn't. You know how this goes. So it's just a kind of a lose-lose having that tax evasion mindset. So if I can get people to, to stop believing in that uh, and doing profit first, we'll, we'll cure it all. Yeah, you definitely want that cash in the bank to correlate to your profitability because it gives you cushion. It gives you opportunity to invest in bigger and better things in the future. So absolutely do not think that you have to spend all the money to save $3 because you're now out $10 and you don't have the $7 you could have been saving. Exactly. All right, number four. Number four is stop weighing your business down with expenses that don't belong to it. So this is one of my favorite ones. This is one of the things that I, I'm always talking to uh, entrepreneurs about is is and this also goes with commingling too, commingling personal and business, which is something that is still pretty rampant out there. The fact of the matter is, and this isn't even coming from an ethical or moral standpoint at all. Let's just throw those out the window. This is just coming from what's best for your business. And the way I like to visualize it for my, you know my clients or people that I talk to is that your business is its own human. It's its own person. And then you, yourself, or your family, whoever is its own person, they're over here, but they're separate. And you don't want to keep treating your business, you know, like the redheaded stepchild or someone you're just going to beat down with stuff that doesn't belong to it because it'll never perform. It'll never do what you want it to do. It's, it's just all bad. So your business should be light and agile. And I love um, Don Miller of Story Brand Fame, and he has that new Business Made Simple um, University, which I partake in, and I think it's amazing, and I love it. And one of his courses is the whole airplane analogy. And um, he goes through the different parts of an airplane and how it equates to your business. But the main thing is the body of that aircraft is your overhead. So if everything else is really, if you picture a giant, you know, a, you know, airplane and everything else is really small, the cockpit, which is the leadership, and then the left wing and the right wing are marketing and sales. You picture those small and you have a gigantic body. That thing is never getting off the ground. I mean, it's just not. It's weighted down. It's a great visual that he has. And I feel that a lot of people do that and that could also lead back into kind of, you know, the tax evasion piece of it. Like, oh, I just want to expense, expense, expense my whole life through my business so I can pay less taxes. But you're also, you're really just hurting your business when you're doing that. It needs to be, you know, a lean, mean, well-oiled machine. And it really should only, it should at least learn to run on its own graces and what it really, really needs. So that's a big one for me is not commingling, not because it's a moral or ethical thing, because it's just not right for your business and letting it fly with the least amount possible. What do you think about that, Danielle? Does that make sense to you? Oh, without a doubt. And I mean, it is so funny how, like you said, I mean, people just put so much burden on their business mm. when they treat it like it's a personal piggy bank or a personal expense account. And, you know, it's not that you can't buy a new car. I mean, what you do is with your quarterly profit distribution, after you've paid off all your debt, you leave 50% of the balance in the business and you take yeah. that 50% out as um, an owner's distribution. And then that's what you can use 
to buy the new car. And if you do buy it in the business, you still do it that way. I mean, that's what we did. We bought a truck and it made sense that the company would own the truck. But that money that we used to purchase the truck actually came from our profit account at the end of a quarterly distribution because it was it's, you know, technically, I guess, am I going to get in trouble for saying this? I mean, it's it's technically we use it for business and, and for personal. Yeah. Well, you're being real, which I think people love your show. So it's exactly right. And I love that. And and in that way, actually, that's a great way to frame it because in, in that way you can say, well, your business still did pay for it. We're just going to do it a little bit differently. It's not going to come out of operations, basically. So yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. All right. Number five. So number five is similar to number four, but it's more about payroll. And there's so many things that can go wrong with payroll. So the first thing I'm going to say about this is payroll is not a DIY type thing. It just is not. Uh, There's no point in trying to save a dollar by thinking you're going to process and run and file your own payroll. That's absurd. Um, I've never seen it work out to anyone's advantage. So number one, you know, if you need to have payroll and and if you have employees, you do need to have payroll, um, use a payroll provider. And I'm, I'm not even here to solicit one. I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know. I, you can use Gusto or QuickBooks or a local. I mean, I love to support local, but you just need a payroll provider, somebody that is an expert in payroll and that will actually um, do it right and take the money from your employees' paychecks and actually report it and pay it to the governments on time um, if you don't do those things, you do, you do not even understand how many awful things will absolutely happen to you in your business. So payroll is just not something you mess around with ever. The IRS takes it seriously. The state takes it seriously. You should take it seriously. So anyone that's trying to DIY their payroll, I've never seen it work out well. Um, I've actually seen one example I have is we had a company that thought they, you know, thought they're going to save the $30 a month and do it themselves. And um, they were taking, you know, the taxes out of the pay, the employees paychecks. But then, of course, they never turned around and paid them to the government and just got kind of used to having that extra cash. And then I think eventually down the road kind of just forgot to file it. And those are trustee taxes. So when it caught up with them and with payroll, it will always catch up. You know, they owed $180,000 in those payroll taxes, but because the IRS takes these very seriously, these trustee taxes, you know, it wasn't money that belonged to you. It was actually money that belonged to your employees, right? That you took out of their paycheck to pay on their behalf. You can suffer triple damages. It's just, it is the nightmare that never ends. So payroll, so that's the first thing about payroll is don't try and save a buck by doing it yourself. Hire a professional. It's not that much money and it will, it'll give you, it'll save you your blood, sweat and tears on that. The second thing about payroll is the empty paychecks. I, I can't get on board with this. I do still see this even with current clients we have once in a while, which is like, I'm going to pay, you know, my wife, my uncle, my kid, my cat. I'm going to pay everyone through payroll. I don't really get it. I'm not even sure I understand that the write-off is worth it. I mean, empty paychecks really is when you're paying someone on payroll that isn't actually providing a service to your business. Again, that goes with weighing down your business with something that doesn't belong to it. I don't recommend it. Yeah. And you'll struggle with profitability without a doubt. I mean, I, mm-hmm. we, and and even if you're doing it so that a, a parent, um, so I had a client that um, was weighing down their payroll by paying their their parent on payroll so the parent would qualify for insurance. And, oh, you know, yeah. again, it just, it, it was like a no-win situation. I mean, there was no way that this company would be profitable because they they had too much in, in labor. They had too much in payroll expenses, which we talk about all the time. I mean, 
you know, you've got to have everything in balance. And Casey's exactly right. And I, you know, that term empty paychecks is a great way to say it. It's like ghost employees. I mean, you're you're paying people to do nothing, but it's got tremendous impact on your profitability when it comes to the bottom line. Yeah, all negative impact too. Like I've never seen that scenario work out for anybody ever. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing too about payroll really quickly is, I mean, everything catches up to you. You just do it right mm-hmm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make it this, this do it wrong and then it just becomes this snowball that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. If you do it right from the beginning, if you just suck it up buttercup and, yes. you know, pay the $30 per pay period um, for the payroll processing, et cetera, it just plays out in the end. I mean, look at all those people that, um, you know, we're paying people 1099. They missed out on the PPP money because they didn't have mm-hmm. payroll records, payroll journals. 1099 wasn't going to get them um, any help from the government. So, you know, those are just the kind of things that you never know. But if you just do it right the whole time, it all works out. Yep. I know that firsthand, so going through hundreds and hundreds of businesses over these years, you see people who've done it right and where they are, and you've seen people who've done it wrong and what they've, if they're still around, what they've suffered through. So without a doubt, just do it right from the beginning. It can be done. And, you know, you'll thank us. And if they're still around, I mean, they're hanging by a thread. Let's oh, be honest. Yeah. I mean, this oh, is yeah. why, like, this is gold. This episode, I'm sorry that it's now episode 91 and we're <laughs> finally getting to this list. But like this, the, this is the secret. Don't do these things and you will be a 17% entrepreneur. People that do these things, this is the reason why the majority of businesses fail. You hear people doing it, but again, mm-hmm. statistically, the majority of small businesses fail because they're playing these games and yep. the games just don't work. So the last one on our list, number six. So number six, although I could go back and forth on number six, but the what I have is really is about is debt is not your friend. And I think enough people probably know this by now, but it's important to be said that, you know, debt is not your friend. However, there can be uses for it. So I am not of the mindset like no debt, no debt. You're not going to see me chanting that anywhere. Like I get it. And especially last year, I mean, PPP done correctly wasn't debt. It was granted. So great. Let's put that aside. The idle loan is absolute debt. So here, but here's the thing on that. I, we introduced this or, or, you know, by introduce the idol to our clients, meaning we spoon fed what it actually meant and what it was and how it was going to work to our clients because they're too busy to, you know, read the 50,000 documents the SBA are going to send out. So, you know, we give them the cliff notes and say, hey, if you need this, it is cheap money. It's, and it's a good deal and you're never going to see this again in your lifetime because it, most of us know by now, you, the banks are not really small business friendly for the most part, especially to new startups, especially to businesses that maybe didn't show the strongest financials. So it was rare to get this kind of money. So I'm not 100% against debt as long as there is a plan for it. So that was really big with me and our clients last year and talking about not only the PPP, but specifically the idle that has to be paid back where there is an interest component, a small one, thank God, but an interest component. It was, okay, How much are you going to take? Let's plan for it. How are you going to pay it back? How is that money going to make you money? So I I think my feeling on debt is it's not your friend. So if you can do without it, by all means, that's a rock star way to go. And by doing profit first, 
and putting that 50% of profit aside when you really start cranking with it, that actually becomes your own line of credit. You become your own bank, which was unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So I love Profit First when it comes to that. But if you aren't there yet or you're new to Profit First and you don't have enough of that reserve built up and you need to turn to debt, well, the Idol is a great program. And but you, you don't just take it because it's there and available to you and because you can get it. Get Have a plan for it, an actual, its own mini little business plan. Here's the money I'm going to take. Here's how it's going to make me money. Here's how I'm going to pay it back. And don't wait the 30 years. Pay it back way before then. Pay it back in three or five or 10 and come up with a plan to do that. Where is it going to come from? All these things are really important because there were too many people that were like kids in a candy store. Ooh, money, free money. It's cheap. Let me take it. And that's dangerous. Very dangerous mindset. So you're going to pay off that debt if you do take it from your profit account at the end of the quarter, 99%, Yep. until you pay it off. But make sure you know what you're using it for, and it's going to make you money. Exactly. And again, Casey brought up a good point. You know, once you've implemented profit first, and once you've paid off all of your debt, then that money that's accumulating that you leave in your profit hold account at the end of each quarter, after you've taken your 50% profit distribution, that's money that you can bake on yourself. You have your own personal line of credit. I mean, you know, la- well, gosh, it's been uh, over a year, but you know, when those that first round of the PPP money came out, you know, and businesses were struggling, I mean, we had money in our bank accounts to cover payroll for mm-hmm. several pay periods. Um, and so it was just like, we don't, we don't need the PPP money. We've, we've got our own money. So there's people that need it. Yep. Let's let them have, have at it, um, before us. So yeah, bank on yourself with profit first, for sure. Absolutely. It is such a great feeling. And I, just to add to that, when, when, you know, COVID did happen and, and everything got shut down of, we have, uh, you know, almost 200 clients and I'd say only about 40, closer to 50% might be on profit first now, but then about 40% were on profit first. And all of those clients had something built up and were, visibly less nervous, less stressed out than the ones that weren't, that had no money, had no reserves built up. What are we going to do? It was, the comparison was night and day. And I actually know some profit first professionals because of that are now um, forcing or only taking on clients and having clients that uh, will do profit first because they don't ever want to go through that type of stressful situation as it was before. So profit first was a game changer when it came to that. And Man, I mean, having my own line of credit, being my own bank for my business, there's not a greater feeling than that. That is amazing. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you know, thinking about back then, like definitely the stress that people were feeling was just crazy. And it mm-hmm. was like, I mean, knock on wood, no stress on on our part. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Casey. If you guys would like to connect with Casey, then her business is sparkbusinessconsulting.com. And she actually has um, this Fix This Next assessment as well that you can do. So you can go to spark.fixthisnext.com and get your Fix This Next assessment done. And then uh, Casey or someone from her team will reach out to you after you complete that assessment. And uh, these URLs and the Fix This Next assessment for Casey will be on our visual recap of our episode. So thank you guys so much. You can download that at ProfitFirstNation.com and click on resources. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website 
Related podcasts and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.